Thank you so much for listening to yet another edition of 10,000 Pitchers presented by our friends at Stimulus Athletic. If you're a soccer baseball, basketball, even ultimate Frisbee club. And, and you're looking for somebody to outfit your club with uh, game gear jerseys, you know, or off the field or off the court apparel as well. Stimulus athletic does all of it. And they have you completely covered. Jason and the team at stimulus are amazing. We have worked with them in the past. I'm not just talking from somebody who, you know, has stimulus sponsor this podcast. I am talking as somebody who has been a former customer of stimulus athletic and utilized them to develop our 10 K kit last summer. And you've seen the reaction to that. You've seen how much the people love it, who have gotten it. Um, I wear mine probably once a week being completely honest. So if not more, so that's, that's kind of the quality you're working with, with Jason and the team at stimulus. So, like I said, whether it's jerseys, whether it's, you know, off the field, off the court apparel, whether it's both stimulus, has you covered. If you have a design in mind, maybe you're a designer, maybe you have a designer, maybe you really liked the design you had last year, Stimulus can reapply that to their quality apparel and jerseys. Now, if you don't have a design and you're going in kind of scratch and you're not sure what exactly you want, that works too, because Stimulus has an awesome design team and they can help you come up with the look you want, again, on that quality apparel and quality game gear and quality jerseys. So contact Stimulus Athletic. Go to stimulusathletic.com, click that design tab, click that get started button and start your amazing process with Stimulus today and make sure you let them know Jeremy from 10,000 Pitches sent you. Here we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome in. It's another edition of 10,000 Pitches presented by our friends at Stimulus Athletic. Make sure to visit StimulusAthletic.com to outfit your club with quality game gear and apparel at affordable prices. Stimulus Athletic, the freedom to create. What's up? Thanks so much for tuning in. Now episode 43, as you can tell, I'm Jeremy Rushing. I am back. Thank you so much for, uh, for you know, sticking with us, whether this is your first episode or your 43rd episode tuning in. Thank you. Thank you for uh, lending your ears, lending us to your ears. I guess it's, uh, did that sound right? I don't know. Anyways, thanks for listening. Either way, subscribe, rate, and review if you could. Subscribing lets you know when we drop a new episode. It's always Friday mornings, but that way you get it notified. It's right there nice in your feed when you're checking us out on Friday morning, Saturday morning, whatever it is that you listen. And then uh, rating and reviewing the podcast. I'm sure you hear this on every podcast you listen to, so you're probably sick and tired of hearing it, but it, it really can't be said enough how much ratings and reviews kind of impact the algorithm uh specifically on on apple podcasts and kind of make us more accessible to people who are looking for uh for podcasts soccer podcasts in and around the twin cities in minnesota so um definitely do that if you could and also if you haven't interacted with us on social uh i'd like to say we're pretty uh entertaining to follow you can follow us there twitter instagram facebook too we're at 10k pitches um, Ethan has been holding down the fort the last couple weeks, had a great episode last week where we kind of had two guests. Um, co-host was Josh Ramp from Bateau FC. Thanks to him for uh, stepping into that co-pilot seat last week. And then also aired my interview, probably my favorite interview I've ever done. Cause I, I, when am I ever going to get to talk to somebody of this stature ever again, former U S men's national team, Bundesliga and MLS standout. St. Paul's own Tony Sane had him on the show last week. So um, please check out that conversation if you have not yet. Um, two weeks ago, Ethan 
brought on, uh, had a little college conversation with Lucy Gracholska from McAllister College, their women's soccer team. That was an awesome conversation. And then uh, a few weeks back, had Valora FC and Black Eyed Sports uh, e-athlete Yosef Elsawi on to talk about all things e-soccer. Really entertaining conversations over the last few weeks. So go ahead and check out those if you have not yet. Um, this week, speaking of Laura, we'll have Laura FC president Adi Balani and player Vincent Knox on to talk about the upcoming UPSL season. And then also Augsburg men's soccer head coach and BV United executive director Greg Holker on to talk about all the great work he's doing with not only Augsburg, but in the community with BV United as well. But you've heard him as the host the last couple of weeks. Now he's back in the passenger seat. It's Ethan Brandt. Ethan, thank you so much for uh, kind of stepping up these last few weeks, taking over the uh, taking over the reins. You did an excellent job, and I very much appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to be back. Um, it's good to have you back, and it's good to be back in the uh, in the in the in the sidecar of the 10K motorcycle. <laughs> I'm um, just picturing. I'm just picturing that, like me in the in the driver's seat, wearing the leathers and all that good stuff. And then Ethan with his little bicycle helmet in the in the sidecar. Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, of course I'd have a helmet on. That's that's an essential safe. function yeah, of safe. Uh, road safety on uh, any automated autom- automotive vehicle. Um, maybe not cars, so just cycles. Well, I'm just saying I would have like a badass motorcycle helmet on and then you would be actually wearing like a, like a bicycle helmet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Definitely. Um, <laughs> you, you know what I don't get about cycling? Like I grew up in Milwaukee, so we had a lot of Harleys cause Harleys like based in Milwaukee. Okay. Um, the, 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 the bikes where you put your hands way above your head. Oh, the choppers. The, yeah. The choppers. Yeah, I don't think they'd be fun to ride, but uh, I'm not going to lie. I passed many an hour uh, during my summer breaks in, in high school and college watching the the show American Chopper. You ever watch that show? No, I never watched it. Oh, man, it was excellent. That actually show how they how they make these choppers. Um, it, was, it was one of the companies, it was behind the scenes of one of the companies that actually makes and puts together choppers. And like they would do them for like celebrities and, and athletes and things like that too. And just going through the whole process. And then of course there was all this like inner, inner office drama going on. It was like a father son thing. And it was, it was awesome. It was great entertainment. Yeah, no, I, I, I just looked it up and it, it is vaguely familiar was it on like the history channel? No. Discovery. Yeah, it was on one of those. It was on one of those channels, but it was one of those things where like, you know, you're sitting at home. It's like summer break in high school. It's 95 degrees outside. So you don't want to go outside. And it's just like a marathon of it going on all day long. So you could literally pass like five hours. It was like, it was like binge watching before binge watching was actually a thing. It, 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 I'm guessing it was like, it'd be like six episodes of this four episodes of Pawn Stars and then, you know, like another six episodes of like alien conspiracy theories, which were all on the history channel. But yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't a big history. alien conspiracy theories guy, but uh, you know, Pawn Stars, I dabble in Pawn Stars. I actually, when I went to Vegas, that was like one of the things I had to do was go see the Pawn Star shop. So, was yeah. it disappointing in person? I mean, so the guys aren't there, right? They're only there when they're filming. Yeah. Uh, but some of the stuff in there is pretty cool. Like, I don't, I, d- I didn't go in with like ridiculously high expectations. Like this is going to be like a life-changing experience, <laughs> but it's yeah. like, it's something cool to say you did. And there was some really, there was some really cool stuff in there. I'm not going to lie. 
fair enough. Um, not on my list if I ever get to Vegas. No, that's okay. That's okay. I'm going to do Ocean's 11 Ocean's and 13. 11. I'm going to do them both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're not going to go to the Pawn Star shop, but you're going to go and, uh, and uh, rob a casino. That's what you're telling me. Yeah. Yeah, I am. There you go. I think it's easy. They made it look easy in the movie. Oh man. Well, uh, as you can tell, I'm very rusty after not being on the podcast the last few weeks. So I apologize if you're listening to me struggle through this, but, um, before we get into actually, so we're doing dual interviews this week and we're going to be doing those all the way through the beginning of, uh, all the seasons that are starting. I mean, we have NPSL, UPSL, both starting beginning of May. We have the WPASL starting later this month. We're actually going to have legitimate on-field soccer to talk about, which is great. Um, but we got to, we got to, you know, I want to get all the teams on and I want to make sure that we're talking to them before their season starts. So we're doing double interviews every week from here on out uh, through the beginning of May. So it's going to be exciting times, busy times, but exciting times here at 10K. Mick double with a K. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I just came up with that on the I like spot. That. I like that. Good job, Ethan. That's why I keep you around. Thanks. Right. For, for ideas like that. Um, anyway, picks are gone, I think. Yeah, they're they've been gone, I think. Yeah, they've been gone. It's April. All right, did you get the uh, the fake shamrock shake from Arby's? The no. uh, like it's just mint. I didn't even know they had one. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't gonna go. And interesting. All right, without further ado, though, let's get into these headlines, Ethan. Um, speaking of the WPASL, we will have our preview and prediction show for them coming next week. So be on the lookout for that. Actually, later this episode, we're going to get into our UPSL Midwest West Division. I think we're just going to call it the UPSL North because it's the Midwest Conference West Division. But I don't want to continue to say that because it's, it's wordy. So I'm just going to call it the UPSL North, even though it's not the UPSL North. Just because it sounds better, I think. I'm in. We All the right. North. Perfect. Anyways, they the North, so, actually, not us. So, UPSL predictions this week, Wapassel predictions next week. But speaking of Wapassel, they actually, uh, you know, they've been doing a great job kind of promoting all the uh, returning and new clubs that will be coming into the league this season. And they just rounded that out. They have an eight team league for 2021 and actually a few new names on this list which is really cool to see that it's not just returning teams, new, new teams. So let's go down the list here. Um, Baron uh, soccer club uh, going to be returning our friends, Bateau FC going to be returning the defending champs. FC Minimo is going to be back for another year. Hayward United. Now the Hayward Wolf pack will be in the league. Lobos will be back. And then a couple new, uh, new, uh, new clubs joining the league. Poskin jets FC and Spartan FC will be uh, the two new clubs. And then rounding out the eight-team league is the returning St. Croix Valley. So those are the eight teams in Wapassel. Six returning, two new. Should be an uh, interesting 2021 slate. Uh, what, uh, what's the best logo, Jeremy? Yeah, the logos in front of you. You know, that Poskin Jets logo is pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. You um, like the jet, eh? I like the jet. Yeah. Um, um, other than I like, that, uh, you know, like, Hayward Wolfpack, obviously their rebrand is pretty cool. Um, I like Baron. Baron's logo is good I like too. I also like, uh, I can't, I can't, I don't know which one that is. SCV, St. Croix Valley. Yeah. Um, that It's got a big, big New Orleans vibe, which like I'm all about in, you know, su- Southern Wisconsin, you know, it's just yeah. like, 
but you know, fake it till you make it, eh? Yeah, that's um, that's New Orleans North, right? Yeah, New that that's actually that's actually what they call it. Yep, it's New Orleans North. There you go. Um, hey, but, you should uh, start a club. Enter the WPASL in 2022, New Orleans North FC. Yeah, I'd be sick. Well, I well I need to take your logo. So like, if anything, they just need to change their name. But um, tread lightly around logos. We got some, uh, we got some opinionated people on Lake. Yeah. Lake. So let's actually talk about that. I meant to get into that before we got into the headlines. So you and Josh Ramped last week uh, did your. It wasn't even really a draft. You guys just went through your favorite logos in certain categories. Um, uh, you, we put out something on Twitter, kind of asking people who's was their favorite. Um, and uh, a lot of people like Josh's, but more importantly, a lot of people hated your list. Yeah, I, uh, I, I got some, I got some backlash. Um, nothing, you know, nothing crazy. Um, but no, I, uh, so yeah, no, I think Josh, like I'm looking at it right now. I think Josh had some great picks. Um, I guess like, I don't know. I didn't preface this well or like explain it well, but like, I don't know. I think. The, like I think there's a lot of great logos in Minnesota. Like I, I think that's undeniable. I personally love the Timberwolves. I love their rebrand over these past I think like three years now. Um, um, yeah, I that think, was the biggest point of contention I think with people that that you picked the Vikings as your yeah, it was the Vikings Minnesota. logo that seemed to get people. But in my it, so kind of my thought process here is like I talked about this a little bit, you know, uh, on, on last week. Like logos are moving to a place of uh, very simplistic, very clean, um, you know, very representational, right? I think the mm-hmm. Wolves logo is a great example of that. It's this kind of geometric looking wolf, you know, it's a wolf, but it, it's not like a very on the nose wolf. And I think what the Vikings logo does well is like, it, it is a Viking. It's very visibly a Viking. It, it's it's kind of busy in a way. Like There's no doubt what it is. Right. It's, and, and I think it still plays very well in the current logo landscape, right? Like, I don't think you look at it and you're like, wow, that's, that's like unbelievably awful. I think, I, I think it, it's kind of classic. Um, and then, you know, not to go too deep into logos here, but I think a big part, like a logo is artwork. And I think a big part of art is, you know, ultimately generating an emotional response and I think the Vikings logo, like that response might be hate, right? For a lot of people, mm-hmm. but like, it's still generating something. But it's a response. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, and that's, and that's kind of why I picked it. And I think it's really classic. I think it's iconic. Um, I also kind of like how it uh, lends itself to a secondary logo and just kind of the, uh, the horn on the helmet. Um, so that's kind of why I landed on the, on the Vikings logo. And honestly, I think the Timberwolves logo is better but like it just it, as of right now, it's not like a classic logo. It doesn't have that staying power. So, you know, 10 years down the road, I don't know if we're going to think about the current Timberwolves logo is great. And I think the same can be said for, you know, Minnesota United. I think it's, it's a cool logo, but you know, 10 years down the road, are we going to look at it and be like, Oh yeah, that was an all timer mm-hmm. versus Vikings logo, which I think has been around for a while. And I think has kind of entrenched itself in, you know, uh, I guess Minnesota sports culture in the uh, NFL. That was a great defense of your Vikings pick. I still don't agree with it, but I appreciate the uh, the thoughts and the uh, you know the articulation that you put into your defense. So congratulations. Yeah, that, yeah, and and then it kind of goes down the line there for me, right? Like the Brewers one, um, Newcastle. Like like Newcastle is not a great logo, but I think. 
I think the intricacy and the and the and you know the seahorses, right? Like that's unique, and, and it's very you know much signs of the time there uh, mm-hmm. versus now. And and I think when you see something like that, kind of in that classic you know early to mid two thousand style, um, and maybe earlier, I th- I, I think that's kind of cool, and that's ultimately kind of why I landed on that. But once again, like it, it is art to a degree, and it's up for interpretation. All right, so let's move from kits or move from logos to kits. Um, Hayward, you, Hayward Wolfpack, you know, they just unveiled their new logo and their new branding a few weeks back. Well, this week they unveiled their new kit concepts. Um, and this is out of the ordinary, but I, I kind of like it. They have their, their home kit, which is very much in line with their branding, with their color scheme, with kind of who they are um, as a club. They kind of got that got the tree outlines and stuff like that. But then their away kit went completely off the reservation and but still played in to uh to who Hayward is and, and what they are. And that's that's awesome, I think, to have have two kits be so different but equally representational of the community and of the club itself. Yeah, I uh I don't have much to add. I think it's a good look. Um I think it's ultimately brought down by, what is this, Hill Construction. Um, you know, shout out to Hill Construction for, for sponsoring lower league soccer. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I, I think your logo, I think, I think that logo might, uh, <clears throat> might, uh, might uh, I don't know. So they actually went through and uh, talked about kind of the, the inspiration behind both these kits. Um, so the home kit is called the Northwoods kit. Um, and basically, uh, it has stars on it, which imitates the constellation, uh, Candace major with Cyrus. Wow. This is like, uh, some astronomy stuff here, but anyways. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you have the, uh, the dog star proudly shining in white on the chest and then the tree design, which is taken right off the crest. So it's really a lot of thought put into that. And then you go into the centennial flag kit, which actually is basically just from the city of Hayward's actual flag, which is a pretty sweet flag in and of itself. But then you put it on the kit and it just makes it look so much better. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's cool. Um, I'm a big fan. Um, yeah. You know, who has got a cool flag. Milwaukee's got a cool flag. Someone needs to take that and put it on a soccer kit. Someone's needing to take that and put that on a soccer kit. It's right. Um, but no, Milwaukee's got a cool flag if you look up the Milwaukee flag. Right. Not to take away from Hayward. Yeah, not to take away from Hayward. That's pretty uh, pretty cool uh, kits there. So I don't know. Maybe they'll be on sale. Maybe they'll sell them. We'll see. We'll, we'll be on the lookout for that. But no, I think they are. I think there's a link to them. Oh, there is. Okay, maybe I overlooked that. Bad yeah, there's a link. There's a link in the tweet that you linked uh-huh. that with a shopping cart. Emoji. My bad. It's late. We're recording this at like 1025. So my bad. Are you um, sure? Because it says the online form I requested is not active at this time. Even. Well, I, I think we're too late. I think we're too late. We missed the party. I guess this was, this was two days ago. Oh, and it ran through, ran through. Okay. It was only a two day pre-order. Got it. Well, Hayward, please, please release some more kits. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Please. And thank yeah. you. Um, anyways, great job. Um, job. Moving on here. Um, the DASL, the Duluth Amateur Soccer League, teased their team announcements for 2021, and those should begin next week. Um, and then moving up a couple levels in the pyramid, 
Ford Madison took on Chicago Fire today in a preseason friendly. Um, the two clubs have a, a similar partnership now that Madison and Minnesota United used to have, where um, you know Chicago Fire can send teams down to Ford Madison. Um, and that can be kind of the pipeline for, for getting playing time and vice versa. If somebody's doing great at forward Madison, there's kind of a pipeline for them to ascend up into Chicago fire. So it's a mutual partnership that's been happening over the last couple of weeks and something that forward Madison and St. Paul's own Michael Vang has been taking full advantage of as he's been part of Chicago's preseason training camp. Now he didn't compete in this match for either side. Um, there was, you know, when this was announced, people were like, Oh, is he going to play for Chicago? Is he going to play for Ford Madison? But he actually was not involved in this particular friendly. Um, and then goalkeeper, Chris Brady, who was 2020 USL league one young player of the year for the Mingos, but is owned by the Chicago fire as part of this, uh, as part of this, uh, partnership, uh, appeared for Ford Madison in the second half of the match. Actually, um, the match ended in a two nil win for the fire. Um, and then head coach Carl Craig after the match did say that he saw a lot of good things from the club, but at the same time saw a lot that they could work on. So either way, really good for forward Madison to get out there against MLS competition. And uh, especially some of those players, you know, that are a part of that fire pipeline getting to play in a match like this in front of both the Madison and Chicago fire staff, big opportunities for players in the field, but also a big opportunity for the Madison team as a whole to be on that stage. I uh, I'd like to add that Chris Brady is a great uh, double first name. It is. It is. I, I'm all in on double first names and Chris Brady's a good one. It is. It is a good one. But uh, as much of a good first, you know, double first name as it is, I think he's a he's a much better goalkeeper. Up for interpretation. Up yeah, for maybe, interpretation. Maybe maybe we take it to maybe we take it to a Twitter poll. We'll see. Um, but anyways, yeah, Forward Madison begins their season next month. I believe May eighth is the uh, is their first match. Um, and uh, be on the lookout for more Forward Madison content coming your way uh, as we get closer to the season. So speaking of forward Madison, they would have played Minneapolis city in the second round of the U S open cup this year or last year, if things had gone according to plan, but obviously the COVID-19 pandemic kind of threw a wrench into that. Um, And it threw a wrench into this year's U S open cup as well, or the U S close cup, as I like to refer it Uh, because not only did they drop the, uh, the number of clubs down to 24 originally, they did so again. They cut out the whole first round of their already condensed U.S. Open Cup to cut it down to 16 teams, um, which means that the fourth tier or the open division, as they're calling it, would get two qualifiers on a random draw. So they'd be randomly drawing two qualifiers from the open division uh, to qualify for the U.S. Open Cup. And obviously with so many clubs to choose from and only two open spots, uh, it was very low percentage that any Minnesota lower league clubs were going to make the cut anyways. And they did not. Um, the two clubs that did Newtown pride FC and Connecticut and FC golden state force pride in California were the lucky winners. Now, Ethan, the thing about this is FC GS and the entire USL league Two Southwest division had to actually withdraw from league competition this year due to not having due to the the pandemic and due to for a lot of other factors. Um, so the force will be training for for basically one match. Now they could win their first round match, but 
being that they're going to be playing uh, a squad, uh, you know, theoretically playing a squad that's a couple couple tiers up the uh, the table there, they'll likely be doing all this for for one match. And then furthermore, this continues the Minneapolis City U.S. Open Cup curse. Because in 2017, they qualified for the U.S. Open Cup but were disqualified because they switched leagues before the tournament started. 2020, they qualified for the tournament, obviously canceled due to COVID. And now 2021, they would have qualified for the tournament, but COVID caused the tournament to shrink down to now just 16 teams basically eliminating any chance for the Crows to make the cut. So three years, Minneapolis city has qualified for the U S open cup and three years. They have not played a single match in the U S open cup. Yeah, that it's, it's uh, super unfortunate. Um, and uh, you, you know, we got to believe they'll be back though. Uh, you know, as, as soon as they can be um, hopefully anyways, um, but yeah, no, I, I think, you know, we've talked about it. I think other people have talked about just kind of the uh, uh, the issues within uh, soccer, um, especially at the lower leagues here in uh, the USA. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, we've talked about it at length, so we don't need to do that anymore. But again, unfortunate, but, uh, you know, is what it is. And we will, uh, you know, we have an NPSL season to look forward to. We have UPSL season to look forward to. So a lot of good competition uh, for these clubs uh, to compete in in 2021. All right, before we get into our UPSL North predictions, as I'm calling it, um, Ethan, why don't you talk about Bateau FC a little bit? Yeah, Bateau FC. Uh, they, we talked about what passed a little bit earlier, and Bateau FC is the champions or current defending champions of that league. We got some great merch as far as championship merch uh, up on the store right now. And a lot of other great designs. Um, you know, they're a great club doing great things for the Eau Claire soccer community. So that is batoshop.com. B-A-T-E-A-U-X-F-C shop.com. Uh, go check it out. Thank you, Ethan. All right, so now let's get into these uh, projections here. A couple weeks back, we did our NPSL North predictions. Now we are going to do our UPSL Midwest Conference West Division, as I'm calling it, UPSL North uh, projections. So basically 1 to 10 or 10 to 1, I guess, where we think these teams are going to fall um, you know, in the final standings and how things are going to shake out in the UPSL North. So uh, I will go first. And I'm just going to go 10 to one. I'll do all mine. And then Nathan, you can do all yours. Uh, coming at number 10, I'm going to have the Maple Brook 58ers. Um, they did not perform favorably a uh, couple years back in the last full UPSL North season. Um, same with the Brooklyn Knights, who I have at nine. Uh, new squad enter MPLS. Good friends of the pod. We've had them on, we had them on a few weeks back to talk about their entrance and their ascension into the UPSL. I have then, you know, I think they'll perform well in their inaugural season, but it is their inaugural season. So I have them eighth here in the league. Uh, Granite City FC coming in at seven. Um, friends of the pod FC Minneapolis holding down the sixth spot. Um, Dakota Young Stars at five. Um, kind of a big, uh, I don't know, I guess my, my, my big hot take of this is I think Turbo Sports 
are going to uh, make their way up and actually finish in the top four. I think they're going to get that four spot. Um, I have Rochester FC uh, two years ago as runner up coming in at third um, and at second. Now, now before I get to my top two, I think this is going to be one of the one of the races to look at when you're talking about local soccer and how these tables are going to uh, kind of work themselves out. Cause I think this is going to be an absolute battle at the top of the UPSL North this season um, coming in at a very, very close second. I have Minneapolis city two, and then I have Vlora defending their 2019 title. And obviously we'll talk to Valora a little bit later on in the episode, but I think those top two could go either way. I think with the initiatives that Minneapolis city has put in place in terms of their futures program and just what I know of, of kind of the investment that they're putting in to that second squad. I, I, I think they're going to perform very favorably and I think they're going to give Valora more than they can handle. I do think Valora is going to come out on the, on the top end, but I think this is going to be back and forth a battle to watch um, as the season rolls on. I, th- I think most importantly, I think there's going to be a lot of high-level soccer. I think there's a lot of really good players in this league and, and ultimately just good teams. Um, I think they- they've been working hard all year, you know, to the extent which they can. Um, I feel like we see-, we see stuff on social media from a lot of these teams all the time just about mm-hmm. how they seem to just be playing year-round, um, you know, at least the guys that – Yeah, you know, friendlies in January at the at – the- bubble and uh and i think it's uh not not even prairie um i'm thinking of uh maple grove there you go yeah that's what i'm thinking of but anyways is it by target is it by a target i don't know i don't know where it is never mind then anyway i don't know that area very well okay i just i just took a swing um anyways yeah (laughs) a lot of great soccer so um because i didn't prepare for this in any way shape or form um i'm just gonna go ahead and rank these by if i like their names or not so number 10 granite city fc you're named after a rock not that cool number nine fc minneapolis not very creative number eight dakota young stars i kind of like it but like we're close but not quite i think it's a z at the end of stars that throwing me off seven turbo sports i don't know like tur- like you sound like you're competing with dick sporting goods you sound that that, that that's kind of what i'm getting there six rochester fc uh creative. what was that it's simple i a little too simple taking the six spot okay moving into the top half mc2 i kind of like that but not quite number four Valora fc uh like, I don't know. I don't really know what a Valora is. It's named you know after a, a, a city in, in Albania. Okay. I Okay. You know what? That's cool. I'm happy you got the number four seed. But ultimately, couldn't, couldn't edge in to that top three. But that is actually cool. I'm glad you told me that. Okay. Top three. Here we go. Number three. Inter MPLS. I like that. I think... I think it's 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 fairly on the nose, but it's not too on the nose, right? You know what I mean? I do. Yes. Okay. Continue. That that tone makes me feel like this is getting cut, but I'm encouraging you not to. All right. Number two, Maple Maple Brook Fifty Eighters. I think that's awesome. 
I'm all for adding Urs to a number. I, I think that plays so well at, across the board. Um, most notably, the 76ers, I think that's awesome. So the 58ers, that's cool. Um, I think here, like we're, like by where we practice, there's this like club. I think they're the, the 59ers maybe. I don't know. I think it plays. Lastly, number one, Brooklyn Knights. I think that's awesome. I mean, isn't that a movie? I don't know if Brooklyn Knights is a movie, but you know, there's the word Knights is in a lot of movies. So, okay, I'm yeah, it is a movie. No, Brooklyn Knights is a song. It's a song. It's a Lady Gaga song. Oh, okay, perfect. I would play it, but I think we'd get we'd get a cease and desist probably. Yeah, so I think we'd let's not let's not do that. Um, but uh, yeah. You know, Brooklyn Knights probably not named after the Lady Gaga song, if I had to venture a guess. But oh, it's Knights like N I, like night time. Yeah. Not not the suit of armor. Yeah, I got that. I got that. Thanks. Ethan. Yeah, yeah. That'd be kind of weird if she had a song about like the Brooklyn Knights, but um I don't know. Anyways, that's my name rankings. Um, because like I said, I didn't uh I don't know. I feel like you told me we were doing this, but I didn't. I didn't actually do anything to prepare for this. All right, let's uh, let's get into uh, a couple interviews here. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a while before you hear Ethan and I's voice again. So, uh, but a couple great conversations. First up, Valora FC president Adi Balani and player Vincent Knox. Hope you enjoy it. But first, let me tell you about our good friends at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. 801 9th Street Southeast in Minneapolis, the coolest indoor soccer facility slash coffee shop you will find anywhere. I've been there and Derek, one of the owners, has actually become a very good friend of mine and of the podcast. They take field booking, so if you want the field for yourself and some friends or your soccer club, you can book easily online. They also have weekly five-a-side pickup games for just five bucks a person. Oh yeah, and by the way, whether you need to pick me up before you take the field, something to re-energize you after getting after it on the pitch, or if you're just there to watch and spend some time, Ninth Street has delicious locally brewed coffee available. To book a field time, sign up for pickup, or to learn more about Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee, go to NinthStreetMPLS.com. That's N-I-N-T-H-S-T-R-E-E-T-M-P-L-S.com. We are so proud to have Ninth Street as a sponsor, and as always, please support the wonderful local small businesses that support 10,000 pitches. I now have the pleasure to welcome in one former guest of the podcast and one brand new guest to 10,000 pitches. They both represent Vlora FC. It's President Adi Balani and secretary and player Vincent Knox. Guys, how are you doing today? Thank you so much for joining the show. Thanks for having us, Jeremy. Yeah, I would echo that. Thank you for having me back. You know, the first time, you know, I had a lot of fun. So I'm glad to be back and glad to be rocking my my 10K kit today. Yeah, you know, we we can't see it because, you know, this is the podcast, but Vince is rocking his 10K kit, which I very much appreciate. So uh, thank you for that, Vince. But, um, Let's get started here by, you know, Vince, we had you on back in July of last year uh, to talk about what you guys were doing in the wake of the devastation that occurred following the murder of George Floyd, the, the, um, the food drives that you guys had and, and, and were part of and things like that. So we didn't really get a chance to talk about you specifically and your soccer background. So I want you both to, to talk a little bit about your personal backgrounds in soccer and sort of how Vlora FC came together. And Adi, since you're the new guest of the podcast, maybe you want to start first. Great. Uh, so I, I've, I started playing soccer since I was five, started in Albania 
and the city of course is Vlora, <laughs> yep. South Albania. Uh, I, I was playing with a youth team there uh, until age of 10. Then I started playing with a, a youth uh, academy of uh, Flamurtari, which is a professional club in the city. I played in their ranks until I was 14. I was the captain of the, the national team for the U14 team. And then I moved to, we moved to Minnesota. My parents decided it was time to go for a better life. And we moved here mm. in 2004. So I played uh, for Southwest High School. I, I was a captain there, played for three years, varsity for all three years. And then I moved around. I played college for a few colleges. Um, ended up playing, playing for Dakota County, uh, St. Mary's. And, uh, and I, I graduated from St. Mary's in 2000, 2012. Now, I don't want this question to, to come off the wrong way, but, uh, you know, you said you were captain of the U14 national team in Albania. Yes. Um, obviously, there were very legitimate reasons for you guys to come over to America. But do you feel like you could have potentially had a better soccer career if you guys would have stayed? I, I, I think I could have definitely had a better soccer career, but also the, 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 the friends I had in, at the time that I was there. So you could have gone both ways. I could have become mm -hmm. a good soccer player, but I could have, my, my life could have taken a, a, a different turn. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Different pathways. So as far as education and a better life, of course, uh, my parents made the best decision for, for, for us. You Absolutely. Know, for family. But soccer wise is a big question mark, you know? I had, mm -hmm. I had a lot of talent. I, I had, I mean, I had a, a platform there that was going pretty well. I had everything, but again, uh, my parents and, and our, our family's uh, future was a lot more important than absolutely a questionable career, you know? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Vince, how about your, uh, how about your soccer career? Yeah. Uh, thanks Jeremy for the question. So um, I actually grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So, you know, um, you know, next state over, you know, border state. Uh, and, you know, I started playing similar to Ali Adi uh, around the age of five. But at that point, you know, I really just got into it because, you know, my friend's dad, you know, decided to get a, you know, grab a bunch of kids from the neighborhood and just kind of get them active into doing something. Um, and so that's kind of really, I first got exposed to, to soccer that way. So, you know, for the first few years, really was just playing recreational, right? And it mm -hmm. wasn't until probably about, I was like 11, I first started playing uh, as part of a club more competitively. And funny enough, um, that club was uh, Milwaukee Simba, which uh, oh, wow. is still active um, yeah. in, in Milwaukee now. And if anybody knows about it, uh, definitely want to say, you know, uh, the, the late Jimmy Banks was actually my first coach. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and funny story, too, I also played with uh, uh, J.C. Banks in high school. But so, you know, I've, I've been around, you know, some great people, uh, you know, coming up in soccer, you know, went to Riverside uh, High School in Milwaukee. Upon graduating, uh, came out to Minnesota. It's funny enough, first time I stepped foot in Minnesota, coming to college. Um, mm -hmm. And then I played on the, the club team for a few years. And it wasn't until uh, after I graduated I started playing in MASL with a few friends that were also from the club team. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's actually where I met Adi, uh, playing uh, Super Eagles, uh, okay. MASL Division Two. So that's the first time he and I, you know, got a chance to link up. And, you know, we've uh, we've been been joined ever since. He signed so, a, he signed so a contract go. for life. <laughs> <laughs> Lifetime deal, signed, sealed, yeah. and delivered. Love it. Um, so, so you guys meet playing in the MASL and, uh, you know, 
a few years later, 2019, Vlora FC comes into existence. So how did this all kind of come together from the point you guys met to creating this new club? Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a crazy story behind it. And I don't, <laughs> I don't think we have the time to go beyond the, all the details. Okay. But, but uh, I'll, I'll tell you this much. Uh, we had a lot of kids that could easily play MPSL at that time i don't upsl didn't exist at that time there's mm-hmm. the twin stars uh, i think minneapolis city was around there's a couple a couple of other clubs in the area that you know at least d1 level that uh, our, our players could have played for uh mm-hmm. a lot of the players were not given much attention they were overlooked mm-hmm. and and i thought that with all the talent that we had that we we could easily uh play to the next level so that's when we decided well I, I i was the first that you know took the initiative to 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 move to the next step and 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 right away we had a lot of attention we had a lot of people that were interested and next thing you know we had 115 players that uh, tried out to mm-hmm. our first tryout so it was it was huge especially in our first uh, first year in uh, in upsl that's 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 great turnout and that's what made us decide to even have three teams and we still have three teams, three, uh, three adult teams at, at, to this day. Wow. Uh, yeah. Very cool. And Vince, uh, what, what was your role in kind of the development of Flora FC? Obviously, um, you handle a lot of the day-to-day operations now. You, you play on the squad. Um, you know, how, were, were you kind of in the fold right away? Um, you know, how, did, how did your implementation of Flora FC kind of come about? You know, in, in terms of just looking at kind of like the – I guess if you look at the timeline on how things unfolded, you know, I guess I, I probably wasn't there at the, at the very beginning in the, in the birth of it. Um, but, you know, I can't say in the early years, just kind of being there, um, just kind of being, uh, you know, that consistent, uh, you know, person and body, just really just, just helping out, you know, wherever it was needed, you know? Um, I think, you know, definitely made things, you know, a lot easier for the club as it, you know, started to sprout up. And then, you know, like Adi said, man, like we've been, we've been joined ever since. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. So Adi, you mentioned seeing kind of the the player pool around you and, and, you know, believing that, that these, these are guys who compete, who could compete at that next level. And you were obviously correct because that 2019 season, you guys dominated your way to a division title plus 31 goal differential, which for an inaugural season is just absolutely crazy to me. I mean, you should be like a scout at this point, like being able to wrangle in all those players like that and have that much success in the first year. That's pretty amazing. Uh, did you guys ex- expect to have that much success? Did you know you had the players to sort of put that kind of uh, product out on the field? Or was it a surprise to even you guys how that 2019 season unfolded? It, it wasn't necessarily a, a, a surprise, it was an on grounds. Like we didn't know much about Rochester. We didn't know much about a few teams that were out of state. Uh, and also, again, with uh, with FC Minneapolis or Granite City, those teams could easily change from month to month. They could, you mm-hmm. know, we play a friendly with them. They they have a, a, a team that you could easily beat. And the next team you play a league game with them and they could challenge you and they could probably yeah. tie you or beat you. So it's, it's, it's very tricky. But uh, we... We we thought that it, at least in, in the Twin Cities area, we, we could have definitely competed with the teams around mm-hmm. the Twin Cities area. As far as Rochester and, and, and Dakota's Young Stars, we had no idea about, so we didn't know who we were, we were going to play. 
So mm -hmm. we weren't very, and again, I've, I've played soccer long enough. And I'm pretty sure you're familiar with it, Vince. It's, you, you cannot never take a team, you know, easily because at that point that's when yes, you lose the game absolutely. you, you got to respect your opponents and that's what we did and, and and we took every every game at a time and 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 we got a little cocky at the, the rochester game that's where we lost there because we were seven and oh at that point mm -hmm. so uh and that game was a good lesson learner uh to, to finish yeah. the season strong yeah but definitely i mean the, the talent was there we had a lot of a lot of good individual players Vince, what was it like? Uh, what was it like, kind of being part of the squad for that uh, that season, and sort of uh, just just your vantage point on how things were progressing and and the dominance that you guys had on the field? Yeah, uh, thanks for the question. Um, I'll say this first off: uh, Adi is a very optimistic person. I, I'll I'll throw it out there right away because yeah. I'll be honest. Coming from myself, um, you know, I was a little cautious. You know, when we first kind of started talking about the idea of making a jump into another league um, because, you know, we just we just didn't have the, it just kind of felt at the time, we didn't fully understand kind of what we were jumping into, it was something new, uh, you know, unfamiliar. Uh, we wasn't sure, you know, at the time, how many of our players were even gonna be on board to kind of, mm -hmm. you know, take that leap with us. Um, so it was really like a leap of faith, man, and, and trust that, you know, at least with the core group, you know, we can put something together that, you know, that will still make us competitive. And that's exactly yeah. what we were able to do. Um, what I can say, you you hit it right on the head. Adi is a great scout. <laughs> 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 you know, somebody should definitely hire this man as a scout. I promise mm -hmm. you, you will not regret it. Um, but yeah, I think just the, the guys that we brought in, one, I would say, are were all guys that, you know, had a passion for the game, that wanted to be there. Um, and obviously, you know, had, had the level of talent, right? And mm -hmm. just being able to kind of, you know, put that together um, and, you know, keep it as consistent, you know, as we did, you know, it was a blessing in itself. And, you know, it was, it was just fun. You know, I enjoyed it. And, you know, mm -hmm. I'm definitely looking forward some more seasons to come. Adi, if the phone starts ringing, you know you know who to credit. You know who to credit Thank for that, right? Jeremy, Jeremy, don't worry. I'll be the first sponsor. <laughs> I'll sponsor you myself. I'll sponsor you myself awesome. if it does happen. All right. So um, kind of going off the field here, your club motto is united by passion, driven by a dream, which kind of encapsulates your commitment to providing that diverse soccer environment, which you don't really see a lot at these levels. Um, you know, nationwide or uh, even even locally. Um, are you seeing the kind of the on-field environment you're fostering having positive effects off the field in terms of the role that, you know, players, members of the club, they're kind of playing in their own neighborhoods and communities? And was that always kind of a main priority and goal for you guys? Uh, the, the, you're, you're right on, on point with that. We, we, we always wanted to we, we love the, the, the diversity since the beginning, since we started in 2012, we were very diverse. Since the get-go, we were very diverse. The, every single player was from a different country. And, and we always took pride to that. And we always used that as our, our strength because everybody had brought something different uh, to the field. Uh, and also as, as years went by and we, we started playing UPSL, we, we tried to, to keep that. And we, we, we still use that as our strength. 
And also, mm. we don't use it as a strength in, inside the field, but also outside the field. We try to do a lot, a lot for our, our community. I mean, as much as we can, of course, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, without, within our boundaries. But we, as you mentioned, when, when, when the, everything that happened uh, during the George Floyd uh, times, you know, we, we tried to, to help the community as much as, 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 as we could. And, and uh, Vince was, was there a lot, a lot of the time as well. He was helping along with all our board members and, uh, and many of our players. So we were very community focused. So that's, 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 that's our main goal, not only play soccer and help our players become better uh, uh, agents, community agents. That's, 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 uh, that's been our goal since day one. We don't want to create only good soccer players, but we want to create also good human beings. And we try to like uh, to, to help this, this young man as much as we can. And Vince, do you sort of feel that responsibility yourself being a, being a member and player on, on the squad to kind of not only obviously bring it on the field, but, you know, have that sort of off the field presence as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, you know, as Adi was talking about, you know, it's important for us to really create that, that sense of welcoming and, and, you know, make sure that everyone who steps foot and is a part of our club comes in with an open mind. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and that's just kind of like largely what we want to push, you know, in our communities too, is, you know, more acceptance, uh, you know, you know, that we don't want to lose that, you know, that sense of humanity, mm -hmm. you know, as, as a community, which, you know, I'm pretty sure you, anyone can turn on the TV and see there's, there's always things going on. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, sometimes that, you know, that stuff gets overwhelming, right? Yeah. Uh, but we definitely, when around each other, we can control, you know, our space, we can control the environment at Flora. So, if we can make it, you know, the most welcoming um, and, you know, open space for everyone, that's what we're going to do. Absolutely. Um, so we kind of I've already talked about a little bit about what you guys were up to during the pandemic, uh, you know, during the height of the quarantine and the pandemic last year. Um, heading into the late summer and fall, there was an obvious, obviously not at a UPSL schedule to compete in, but there were a couple of kind of one-off tournaments put together, the Goals MN Cup and then the Minnesota Fall Cup as well. Um, you guys competed in both of those. How did it feel to have a squad, you know, getting back out onto the pitch and playing in actual matches following that, that very long layoff after the 2019 season? Um, Jeremy was, uh, there were unknown grounds. Very, we, a, a lot of the, a lot of us were scared. Mm -hmm. We didn't know what we were getting ourselves to, but to be honest, we were also kind of tired of just being caged yeah. up, you know? So we, we were, of course, very, very careful, cautious of how we did things. Uh, and we, unfortunately, can't control everyone. There are people that don't, you know, there's people here in the United States that don't <laughs> go by the, by the book, right? They don't, mm -hmm. Not everybody follows, follows the protocol and follows what, yeah. what is supposed to be done. And, and I, I ran, actually, the first tournament. I ran the Minnesota, the, the Goals Cup. I was the one that organized that uh, that tournament, and uh, it was very successful. I mean, as far as like the competition goes, it was very successful. Uh, all all teams participating had, I mean, as, as far as I know, they had a, they had a blast, they had a good time, especially not being able to, to train or practice for for months. Mm -hmm. uh, our team was uh, we didn't have our, our our full squad, but we. Thankfully, we reached out to different players and we, 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 we brought in some, some new talent to the team that uh, kept up 
our our our, our playing style to certain mm. certain levels, and we still were able to to play pretty well and 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 make the final in the first tournament, and then we actually made the final second tournament and won in PKs. Very very weird uh, scenarios. Both 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 games went to penalty kicks. Wow. Uh, and we we missed our last PK, so we we both could have won both games mm-hmm. by scoring our last PK in the first tournament. We missed uh. our. We, the first tournament we missed our last PK. They scored a six. We missed the six. In the second tournament, we missed the the, the goal scoring opportunity. But wow. they they missed the six PK. We scored the six PK. It was it was just yeah. It, it was fun. It was fun. We had a we had a good time. Uh, other than you know the, the COVID that you know of course it, it limits us. But other than that, it was it was a good time. You had the opportunity for direct redemption there. I'm missing yes, missing yes, the last yes. PK in the first one, and then that same scenario just comes right back around, and uh, we're able to pull it off. So that was awesome. Well, uh, Vin, I'm sc- sorry, like, go ahead. I, <laughs> I feel like if you'd if you'd have missed that PK uh, second ga- uh, second game as well, I think we would have been we would have felt like England for years to come. We would have we would be traumatized. That's what would happen. Yeah, no, I, I can yeah. definitely see that. And uh, it's a good thing. You guys got the opportunity and you took advantage of it in the, in the second one. Yep. So uh, yes. that's awesome. Um, so now you have an actual legitimate UPSL season to get ready for beginning in May. Yeah, you're, you're, you're applauding, uh, Vince. I'm sure you're, you guys are both excited about that. I've had a few preseason friendlies over the last month or so. What have you seen from this squad in its first real action of 2021 so far compared to that 2019 squad or maybe even the squads that you had on the field during those couple tournaments last year? Um, I can jump in here. So one thing I can say is uh, we were just talking about the fall. One thing that really stuck out in coming into this winter and then, you know, in preparation for the spring season is that I can definitely tell you the, the dynamics of, of players have changed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like our team has definitely gotten quite a bit younger. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, I'm walking around as the, the senior guy on the team. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, it it feels different. But at the same time, though, I will say, um, I still think that, you know, we, we can be very competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, some of that, I'm gonna give credit to Adi. He's, telling you somebody better hire this man <laughs> but but all, all jokes aside though i think we do have you know some younger players who um who are you know who are hungry you know they're they're itching to get some 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 soccer in right to get some games in under the belt um and i think they're gonna step up and and you know be very crucial for uh, our success this season like when you become that senior in high school or that senior in college and you look around, you're like, who are these children around? <laughs> what are they doing here? Are they even old Seriously. enough to be here? Seriously, yeah. man. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so you're talking a little bit about how the dynamics have changed, the, the group's younger. Um, you know, is there's turnover at this level. There, there's inevitably turnover from year to year. Um, even the most tight-knit squads experience that little bit of turnover. Um, how do you guys sort of keep that cohesion on the squad when there are new faces in? How do you bring them in and kind of how do you how do you keep that team chemistry alive when there's, you know, when there is some turnover there? Um, I feel like is is mainly uh, we we when we hire a coach or we, we bring in a coach, we want to be able to bring in a coach that can can kind of uh, 
continue on the, the, the same style of soccer that the last coach kind of left behind, right? Mm -hmm. And also implement his own game style moving forward. So we don't want to kind of confuse the players that we already have. Um, so the coach, we, we, we brought in a new coach this year, Alan uh, Segura. Uh, he's from Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. uh, he's, doing a, he's doing a great job uh, this far with, 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 with a team. Uh, I, I would say this much. He's one of the, the most professional and knowledgeable, knowledgeable coaches that, that I personally have, have, have worked with. And uh, I, he, has, he's not, he hasn't trained me yet. <laughs> I, haven't, yeah. I, haven't stepped, I haven't stepped foot. It's been a while that I've stepped foot in the, in the field since I, mm. I, I became more involved uh, with, with managing Laura. But he's, he's definitely he's, he's, he's having a big impact so far in our, in our preseason in our, in our squad right now. But also is our, 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 our culture, our team culture. We, we, have, we set up a team culture since three, four years ago, and our game style has always been kind of the same. Mm -hmm. So some of the core group of guys that have been in the team kind of help uh, also develop the, 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 the game style that we want, of course, with the coach as well, with the coach's help as well. Now, how are you guys feeling about the upcoming season here? Um, obviously, you have a title to defend. Um, you know, personally, personally, from my analytical point of view, I think MC2 is going to be real tough. Um, just listen to them on their on their podcast. They, they, it seems like they're thinking championship or bust this year, even at that level. Um, you know, you got a new team at Inter coming in. You got FC Minneapolis Turbo. Um, so how do you guys feel about yourselves both in the upcoming season? But obviously, um, how also do you see the division shaking out as a whole? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Because, um, you know, it's obviously something that's on our mind and something, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about this winter. You know, I will say this, I I do believe that, you know, looking back at 2019 and compared to, you know, this upcoming season, you know, I, I will say that I feel that it will be more, it'll feel more competitive um, mm -hmm. without a doubt. Um, we see it, you know, we're not, we're not uh, blind to like the new teams coming in and, and uh, the talent that, you know, our opponents are, you know, building up as well. So we see it. Um, but at the same time, you know, we still have, you know, faith in our own abilities and in our own players. And, and so, you know, we welcome the challenge, you know, like you said, 2019 was a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, it, at least it feels like it now. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, even, you know, most of the players that we had at that point, uh, you know, are, are now, you know, playing, you know, elsewhere. So. For us, it, it's almost like you know, it's almost kind of like a like a reboot, yeah. In, in a sense, um, and so with that, you know, we, I feel like the hunger is still there for us to to come back and try to win another division title. Definitely, Adi. What's your perspective on it? Uh, <laughs> I I I don't like. So as as being said, I when I put a team together, I don't put a team uh, to participate. So mm -hmm. I usually. A lot of a lot of uh, soccer lovers in the, in the state of Minnesota confuse our D1 team with our UPSL team. A lot of mm -hmm. people think that because our D1 team doesn't do so well, our UPSL team is basically the same team. We just change players or move players up and down. They're mm -hmm. they're they're very wrong on that. Our our D, D1 team is is where is full of players that are very young and ready to move up when you know. They 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 get an experience and they're ready to, to play EPSL. Uh, our EPSL team is is full of 
players that are, like Vin said, are hungry. And then they, they want to pursue their professional career and they're ready to give 100% for, for our club. So there are players that are ready to, to give everything for, for the jersey and the, the, the badge they wear. Uh, we don't, I, we, we respect our competition. We welcome our competition. We, we, we love competition. We, are, we play this sport because of competition. So we, mm-hmm. anybody that joins uh, our, our, our division, we, we treat them with respect. We, we cannot wait to play them. And, you know, we'll, when, we, when we step in the field, we'll show them what, what, what Laura is about. Uh, so you guys, are, yeah, absolutely. In addition to the UPSL, though, it was actually just announced a few hours before recording here that the USASA has released their bracket for the Region 2 Amateur Cup, uh, which is another great, again, competitive competition that you guys are going to be able to participate in. You take on league, league rival Turbo Sports in the opening round. And if you win, you'll actually play uh, Baron from the WPASL in the second round. Um, you guys have played kind of interleague, uh, you know, interstate, uh, you know, teams uh, before in, in international or not international friendlies, but preseason friendlies and things like that. Uh, but cup, cup soccer is a whole different animal, right? Um, how does it feel knowing that if you advance in that first match, you'll really have that opportunity to play clubs from outside and kind of show your, show your skills and show what you can do against competition outside of the UPSL in that kind of cup soccer environment. Vince, you go ahead. Yeah, I can. I'll tell you right away. I love it. And, and I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can't wait for it. Uh, for me, especially, you know, having, you know, I love to, to be able to play and, and travel, you know, with the team, you know, I feel like those are always, you know, some of the best, you know, bonding experiences and just, you know, best memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I can't wait for to get to get started. I mean, you got teams from not only not only Wisconsin, but Iowa, Illinois, Ohio, Indiana, Michigan. You know, if you guys yeah. you guys continue to advance, you're really going to have those opportunities to play those teams. That I mean, where else are you going to get those opportunities to play against those clubs in that competition? I mean, that's got to be a huge motivator for you guys. Absolutely, Jer- absolutely, Jer- Jeremy. That's the reason we actually joined this competition because we want to be able to play with teams outside of Minnesota and outside of our division. That's the main main reason. Of course, the competition it's it's fun. Any any cup, any any kind of cup tournament that you you join is is also like you said is a monster of its of its own. It's uh is one game legged games. You know, like anybody can win depending on how you play mm-hmm. them. You can play defensive soccer all game, and then you get opportunity to score a goal and just continue defending. You know, yep. <laughs> or you can try to go to def- to, to go to PKs if you have a, a, a amazing goalkeeper. So like mm-hmm. those are things that that some of the teams. You've seen Atletico Madrid for years. They just park the bus and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so, then hit you, on a, hit you on a counter once and try to yeah, get that goal, or then they'll just take you into extra time and into PKs if they have to. Game game is over. So, like, we, we, we know that, you know, it can, it can be difficult. But, again, like, like we same as, as UPSL, we're going to take every every game at a time. Uh, play, play, play every opponent the way we're supposed to play them and then move on, hopefully, to the next round. I mean, our goal is to go as far as we can. Not, not to uh, make you show any favoritism or anything like that, but give me one or two players to watch from Vlora on this uh, on this squad this season. Uh, we haven't, re- we haven't, uh, we still gonna release our, our our roster. Okay, okay. So you don't want to you don't want to sprinkle any. Uh, any we, we, uh... we, I mean, Emmanuel Togger, the the, okay. the, cap, the captain from uh, the uh, the former captain of FC Minneapolis, as you guys saw recently. Yep. Uh, he, he joined our he joined our club. 
So there he goes. He's he's definitely a very explosive player. He's in a he's in a he's he's a he's a great add-on to our team. So I'm, we're excited to to have him, and and I feel like uh, our midfield is as it as as it increased by a lot. Just mm-hmm. having him on the team, we're we're happy to have him. Uh, another player that I could tell you, Vincent Knox, the the, the captain. Who? Who's who's Vincent, that? Tell me a little bit. Tell me, tell me a little bit more about him. <laughs> I've never heard of him before. Uh, fun stuff, good stuff. Well, I, I, I appreciate I, it. I appreciate it. So, I, I usually don't like the spotlight, but I appreciate it. Jer- Jeremy, Jeremy, <laughs> I I like to call him. The, I like to call him the, the black Black Panther. He when he That's... when he goes when he goes after somebody, it's over. Like you can go through him, but you'll get you'll, you'll get to you. He got he's thirty years old, but he got speed. <laughs> That's... Got speed. <laughs> that's a great nickname. That's a, that's a lot to live up to, though, Vince, too. The Black oh, Panther. I feel like that brings some resp- – with great power comes great responsibility, right? Yeah, so. see, this is what I didn't want to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm very fine with flying under the radar. Under the radar. Yeah, because you know that way, you know, if you don't have a, a great showing sometimes, you know, mm. nobody no, nobody's worried about you, talks about you, right? <laughs> Fair enough. Nah, Fair I'm enough. All, all joking aside. Um. But another player, a returning player from that 2019 team who actually uh, was one of our top goal scorers. Uh, I'm going to shout out my man, Romain Garrick. Okay. Uh, striker coming back. So I'm definitely giving him a shout out. But as Adi said, yeah, the other player is coming soon. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Be, I'll be on the lookout for that. We'll be following you on, the, on all the socials and uh, keeping track of the website and stuff for all that info. Absolutely. All right. Speaking of 2021, um, you know, lower league soccer, you know, your operations off the field and in the community are almost just as important or in some cases just as if not more important than what you guys are doing on the field. Um, we already talked about your guys' presence in the community and sort of the priority that you put on that. So so off the field, do you guys have any big plans as you head into to the season and beyond in 2021 in terms of uh, just 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 elevating your own brand as a club or elevating your presence in the community or anything like that what's going on off the field this year uh, we're definitely working on our so we got some Vince here is working he's working his magic on some merchandise so we're definitely gonna start releasing okay. our, own, our own merchandise coming up soon and you're definitely gonna get one uh, Jeremy I promise you that I know you, you oh. haven't given me a I'm honored. You haven't, you haven't given me a jersey, a jersey, a 10K jersey, and I'm jealous. I could have rocked it today as well. But I'll, <laughs> you, you're gonna get a shirt before Vince gets one. I promise you. Even though he's gonna be the one making them, <laughs> you're gonna get I'll a be, jersey before before Vince. I'll return the favor if and when I can. I promise. I promise that <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. He, he's um, gonna be a VIP. VIP. <laughs> that's one of the things that we are uh, we're gonna be working on uh, merchandise. Also, we're gonna focus on uh, definitely our marketing. Uh, I, we're 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 always trying to get better at our marketing. Uh, on top of everything, it's the most important thing of, of it all is is uh, we we're trying to to build our youth academy, and that's mm-hmm. something that yeah, everyone uh, should see, keep an eye on because uh, we were we're 2021, 2022 is gonna be a, a crucial year for that. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Well, um, we'll round, we'll round it out here. Um, you know, where can people find you guys? Where can they support you? Where can they interact with you? Where can they find out about all things Florida FC? Yeah. Um, you can catch us. We're on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, you know, just, uh, Valora FC, just add us 
Um, also, we have a website up, which is uh, valorafc.com. Um, you can check out, you know, the latest uh, matches, you know, news. Um, we even post, you know, latest UPSL news, all that kind of stuff. So Also, our, our highlights. If you guys want to see highlights, games, anything like that, Laura FC and YouTube. We have we do have our YouTube channel as well. Yeah, awesome. You're right, you're right about that. Definitely. Yeah, definitely check that out if you want to see uh, see that great product that Valora FC puts on the field. All right, bonus question here for you guys. Because they are a title sponsor and because you guys utilize them for your uh, jerseys, um, tell us a little bit about how, how you guys got involved with Stimulus uh, and Jason over there and uh, kind of the what it's been like working with them in terms of getting your jerseys all set up and, and ready to go for 2021. Uh, there's only one, one myth, one legend, and that's Jason from Stimulus. My, that's my guy. Yeah, I, he's I, awesome. I've known, I've, I've known, I've known Jason for, I've known, I've known Jason for years. He's a, he's a, he's a great person, and he does a great, um, he does a great job with, with, with stimulus and where he's gotten it so far. So I definitely uh, salute him. Uh, we uh, haven't currently uh, ordered our, our, our jerseys yet, but we did make an order, uh, and we're getting some merchandise for our youth teams right now. For the 17 and 18 boys so they're coming up soon and we're about to drop the the jerseys within a couple of hours here nice well we'll be looking forward to that yeah. of course they'll they'll be out by the time this podcast airs um so but, definitely go and we, uh sorry go ahead no we definitely love the the merchandise it's, it's some of the best merchandise that we've gotten so far and we 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 I, I don't think uh, uh, as far as jersey quality, I think it's uh, some of the best that we've we've used to to this point. And Vince can attest to that. He's wearing the stimulus made 10k kit right there. Yeah, it's comfortable, I, I, it's comfortable yeah, isn't it, Vince? I, I was just gonna shout that out. I was like, man, it feels good on your skin. I can definitely shout that out. You know, awesome. the fits nice, awesome. everything. All right, well, Vincent Knox, Adi Balani from Florida FC. Looking forward to seeing you guys on the pitch. UPSL season starting beginning of May, and of course in the uh, USASA region two amateur cup as well as that will get started right around the same time as the UPSL season starts. So again, follow them uh, at Vlora FC or uh, on their YouTube channel, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. Um, and it's Vlora, VloraFC.com website. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. All right, guys, thank you so much again. I appreciate the time. Thank you. And uh, again, as always, glad to be here. Thanks for having us, Jeremy. Just a uh, quick disclaimer here before we get into my interview with Greg Holker. I uh, committed the cardinal sin of not hitting the record button right at the beginning. So we're kind of jumping in in the middle of Greg's initial response to my question of just kind of how he uh, got involved in soccer as a player and how that sort of progressed into uh, his fantastic coaching career with Augsburg. So we're kind of jumping right into it here in the middle of his uh, response. So my apologies for that. Let's get into it with Greg Holker. Just played the MASL for a whole bunch of years, and and now I'm uh, I'm playing in the basement with my kids. So that is, <laughs> I grew up in Burnsville. I, I grew up in uh, in that community, and I played community for that club all the way growing up. I played at Burnsville High School, so I was I've always been kind of the local guy. I did you know one year stint at Kelix, and I did some ODP stuff too. So I had some tastes of other arenas, but for me, it was it was really about being in the in the space that I grew up in. <laughs> Um, so how, uh, you know, how did that evolve to you wanting to become a coach? Was there a certain coach that inspired you to wanting to take on that role or what just an did an opportunity present itself combination of both? How did your playing career evolve into coaching? 
Uh, well, I started coaching actually when I was 16. So my youngest sister, Anne, was playing on a like a U-12 uh, girls team. They were called the Bandits at the time. And Ken Reese yeah. was the coach. And and he'd asked if I wanted to help. So I did. Um, kind of volunteer assistant. And then I she moved on and I stayed with him another year. So it was two years at U-12 girls. And those are my only experiences, uh, at least formally coaching girls teams uh, the following year. I moved over to the boys' side, and that's when I was a, a freshman at Gustavus. So I started coaching youth soccer younger than, you know, even before I got to college. I think that was an important um, stepping stone, at least for me. And then when I was in college, I was driving back to the Twin Cities. I was coaching uh, youth teams. And then at the time, Ian Barker, who was the you know director of coaching for, for MYSA, had, had hired me uh, to help in the ODP program as well. So I really was just diving in um mm -hmm. and that's i think so my interest was organic really i just kind of self-discovery and, and really enjoyed it and then when i was at gustavus as a player i did a lot of recruiting actually um mm -hmm. for the team and for the program because i want i wanted really good players around me of course. so um I, I helped a lot with that and i think mm -hmm. that just kind of led to me really saying okay i think this is what i what i would like to do <laughs> Did your uh, experience kind of as a, as a youth youth coach, do you think gave you some sort of an edge in terms of kind of having your having your ear to the ground in terms of the talent that was up and coming to be able to recruit at a place like Gustavus? And then eventually when you became a coach, kind of keep that recruiting going? For sure. Yeah, I mean, there's no question about it. One, I mean, it gave me confidence as a coach, like having the ability to be able to learn and, and fail yeah. on my own. But but for sure, being coaching at the age group I was, which was like U17 and U18, it was prime uh, market in Minnesota at the time for, for helping bring players down to St. Peter. And so I stayed on after I finished playing at Gustavus. I graduated in the spring of 2000 and I stayed on for two years. I was the graduate assistant in the sports information department in the athletic department, but also uh, helping Larry and coach the men's soccer program. So a lot of recruiting through those, you know, probably was a four year cycle where I was really heavily invested in, in bringing players down to, down to Gustavus. Uh, is that, did Augsburg kind of see that in you and they brought you on as a head coach? Cause I mean, that was, that was just four years from that point where you took the head job at Augsburg. So how did that opportunity come about? And, uh, you know, how did you step into that role? Well, there was a little gap in between. So, um, it was 2002. I think I went up to move back up to the twin cities and was done with my graduate work. And I was an assistant to Danny Storlin at Bloomington Jefferson. I had actually met up with him. I had coached the team that won the stake up and we were in the regional championships in Ohio. And he was there with tsunami soda at the time. And, you know, we went for beer and I just, I knew that he was, you know, he was kind of the king of, mm -hmm. uh, of coaching in the twin cities community in Minnesota soccer at the time. And I just, I wanted to learn from him. So I wanted to try to surround myself with people who had greater experiences. And so I asked Danny if I could come, come work for him in the fall. And he said, yes. So I was an assistant at Jefferson in 2002 and then shortly thereafter, in 2003, I became the head coach at the Academy of Holy Angels in Richfield. So I really was like, you know, four years, four different institutions. Wow. And yeah. um, the spring of 04, you know, Augsburg opened up, which was winter of 04. So I went through that process. And, the, and the, I think the funny piece here is that the two finalists for the job were Danny Storlin and me. Wow. <laughs> and so That's crazy. naturally, you're going to. Naturally, Danny, you know, Danny said, no, they, of course, they're going to offer it to him. He's better than I am. Um, and they, he said no, and which opened the door for a 25 year old to be a, you know, wow. a collegiate head coach. So uh, it was a I mean, it was a different era, right? Uh, Augsburg mm -hmm. at the time probably didn't invest a lot in its athletic program, certainly not the soccer program. So it was a part time stipend position. I think I'd made seven thousand dollars, you know, in that first year. So 
I, I just didn't care about that. I wanted mm -hmm. to be had, you know, all in and, and test myself and see what I could do. And I think at the time it was a, a great challenge. I remember, you know, sitting at the Metronome watching a high school soccer game, recruiting and Amos McGee telling me, you know, this is, this is career suicide. <laughs> you know, like you, you just can't win there. I don't think you can win there. Um, and he was gracious enough to call me a, a couple of years later and say I was wrong. Um, but it, it was a, it was an interesting process for sure to go to a university that had known 25 consecutive losing seasons and, yeah. and didn't really have a very strong tradition, at least outside of those, you know, the, the seventies and 1980 teams at Augsburg, which were outstanding. So what had to come first? Did the winning have to start before the investment happened or did you really push for that investment right away? And do you attribute that to the turnaround that you were able to create? I think, I think they were married. Um, you know, I was really committed to it. So I was, you know, putting 90 to hundred hour weeks in for, you know, for two years and you could see that what we were doing, the foundation was built and that there was going to be success down the road. There was also a transition in the athletic department leadership at the time. So Jeff Swenson, who was the wrestling coach and won 10 national championships and that role was moving to the athletic director, uh, to role. And so, I knew that when I accepted the position and I think that's probably why it was such an easy decision for me because I knew that the support was, was coming. Um, and so in time, as it just worked out, it just happened to be the year that we were 13, three and three and in the playoff for the first time, first winning season, I ended up becoming a full-time employee too. So, uh, I mean that all of that helped and worked itself out, but I do think that it was married. It wasn't win and then get hired and it wasn't get hired and then win. It was just, those two things were just a part of a process that we were working toward. Now you've been at Augsburg now, I'm, I'm going to call it 16 and a half years because seasons and years are a little bit different now, <laughs> obviously. Um, you know, now you guys are perennial playoff contender in normal circumstances, three NCAA tournament mm -hmm. appearances, winning as coach in school of history. What stands out to you the most though, in terms of whether it's a particular team game memory, you know, when you look back on, uh, you know, the career that you've obtained at Augsburg, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, I just, I think more than anything, I enjoy the relationships that I've been able to develop with the players and the, and the, the kind of the permanent nature of those relationships. You know, we, we have a tagline for you for soccer, for life in our program. And, and we really mean that. And the, for life piece, I think is what's most meaningful for me. Um, there's certainly been some really fun teams and some fun groups. I mean, the 2010 group that, that won the MIC playoff championship, you know, we were down two nothing with 20 minutes to go and we come back and win three, two, that was pretty exciting. Yeah. The 2008 team that made it to the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament, there were so many incredible memories with that group. And that group was the first, you know, those seniors were the first guys that I brought in in 2004, 2005 season. So um, that journey, there's so many stories to, to live or relive. And, and I think, too, just my own personal evolution, you know, starting a family, you know, coming from a, a guy who was married without children to now somebody who has four kids and, you know, um, they're, they're old now, but you know, I, my oldest is going to be 12 in, in a couple of months here and the youngest is five. And so that, that really changed the way that I think I coached. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it helped me learn a little bit more about uh, balance and life. You know, I think oftentimes in this industry and in the coaching industry, we're pretty imbalanced. We're, we're for sure standing on one leg and we're mm -hmm. diving usually into our careers and ignoring some of the other spaces that might be more important. Um, but for me, I've been able to do both successfully and that's probably, that's brought a lot of joy and, and uh, I'm, I'm grateful for that. 
you know, when you, when you start in a job as, as 25, you might be seen more as like the older brother to some of these guys on the, on the panel <laughs> now, but now being there, you know, as long as you have, and sort of, uh, you know, growing as you have, you know, you're sort of more like the father figure now, probably to some of those guys on the mm-hmm. pitch. So how has that evolution come in terms of how have you, how exactly have you changed as a coach, um, you know, from the time you started to now? I was very much, you know, a command and direct, uh, pretty, uh, the aggressor, really loud, um, I mean, the guys from those early years will tell you stories and I'm not, I'm not proud of those stories. Um, but you know, you learn from those moments too. I think I was, I was a good, I was a good enough player that I earned the respect of the, of the current players immediately because I was just probably a little bit better than they were. So, um, one of my guys is coming in. Um, and I think the evolution is now, now if I tried to play with them, it's hilarious. I can't even, they're just unbelievable. I can't even yeah. move. Hi. All right, Landon. Landon will say hi real quick, and then he's gonna go get a haircut. Hi. <laughs> what's up, Landon? Hey, Daddy. Can yeah. I have Yes. Thank you. <laughs> all right. That's all right. I love that. But no, no. I mean, yeah, I, I can definitely see how that how that changes. You know, as you grow, obviously, your your style and your philosophy and kind of how you approach everything grows. So, um, you know, through that growth, you've obviously able to main, maintain success. So what's the, what's the feedback that you've gotten from your players in terms of, you know, what, what part of your coaching is kind of a reoccurring, uh, I guess, aspect that they bring up as something that's really helped impact them, either elevate their game or, you know, you know, change how they, how they see things on and off the field. Well, I think that, you know, we pay a lot of attention to details and, and the guys will reverberate, like, you know, how you do everything is, or how you do anything is how you do everything. Right. So, Mm -hmm. You know, the expectation isn't just to be a good soccer player. It's to be a good human being and a good citizen, a good steward of our community. It's to be a good student. It's to good, be a good partner, a good son, uh, and a good brother or whatever it might be. So um, you have to look in the fridge, dude. I did. <laughs> this is what happens when you have four children. And this is part of the evolution of if yeah, my two-year-old were here, my two-year-old would be on the lap and the four-year-old would be over my yeah. shoulder. What are you doing? Who are you talking this, to? This, so I told my wife's it. out of town. She took my daughter down to see grandma. She she got her vaccination this morning. So she's all, you know, they're they're excited. And and here I am with three boys now trying to do a couple of things. But <laughs> but I think it is a lot like what's going on at the university, or at least in my coaching too. And you know, I maybe I didn't address effectively the, the last question about command and direct style to now a lot more empathetic and a better listener and somebody who creates a space where there's you know an agreement or a shared you know, th- what we're doing is all of us together understanding that we own the responsibility for this program together it's not me telling others what they're going to do which is for sure what it was in the earlier so i i think that in itself has been a really rewarding path but getting back to what the players are going to say about me it's that i'm hard that i expect a lot of them that I don't, um, I don't let that standard dip, just mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So you don't get away with anything cheaply. There's always accountability, um, and so that has helped them through the course of their lives become really strong leaders in their fields and whatever business journey they're taking, their family, their personal lives. They understand that some of the life lessons they learned here were the most important lessons they learned, not just the the soccer. 
uh, one of the emphasis emphases, I guess, that you put on your program is diversity. Um, Augsburg consistently one of the most diverse soccer programs in the MIAC and D3 as a whole. Um, how early did you know you wanted to kind of make diversity that, may, you know, a main priority in your program? And how has how has that vision been fulfilled and maintained during your tenure? What inspired you to sort of really put that emphasis on diversity? I, I think for me, it was, you know, as the the university evolved, our, our program evolved. So it, it wasn't like that. Certainly in 2004, the institution did not look like what it looks like today. My soccer program did not look like what it looks like today. Yeah. Um, and it was when we decided to become an intentionally diverse um, and inclusive university in college at the time that, you know, I'm, I very much believe in the mission of the university. And I've always lived that out in our soccer program, including like creating a space for critical thinking and problem solving. You know, so instead of being the coach who tells every player what to do as the game goes on to make sure we get the win, I'm going to allow you to be free to make choices. And that's OK. You're going to you're going to yeah. make mistakes along the way. But I want you to be able to solve problems independent of my influence. So, you know, when the university really started having a shift um, and the data would say that, look at this incoming class is 40 percent students of color. This is now 50 percent students of color. We're now 70 percent students of color. Yeah. I, my class better look like that too. You know, the mm -hmm. recruiting classes must Absolutely. also represent that because we want to represent what the university does. And then in doing so, well, here I sit, you know, a 40 something year old white guy who's coaching. I need to be, I need to be in a position where I surround myself with people who can also represent those students more effectively mm -hmm. because, you know, I can't understand. I can, as much as I can empathize with some of the, the differences that exist, um, differences in experience that is in life experience, but I'm not in those shoes and I don't really know. So I want to be in a space and have people around me who can really connect at a level that is through experience, through lived experiences. Mm -hmm. And that we can acknowledge together in our group, like, look at this is who I am. And you know, I'm I'm here as an ally and I'm here to serve and to to help evolve this this society that we're in right now and make it a better place for everybody to live ultimately. So um it's in addition to that, our market is that's it. Like that's our recruiting market. You're not gonna mm -hmm. see me at these youth soccer events where these kids are paying ridiculous amounts of money to be on a team um to play organized club soccer. I just it's just not the community that we serve. And, yeah. and in a lot of ways, it's not always the player that we want either mm -hmm. um, because those players are pretty vanilla and they're pretty similar. There's a few groups and a few pox here or there who might have something exceptional, but for the most part, and that's a generalization, um, it just isn't, it isn't what we, what we do. So mm -hmm. one of the great challenges is having a, a group that's incredibly diverse is to say, we're going to honor uh, your culture and we're going to honor the things that made you who you who you are as a, as a soccer player. And we're going to put that together in a way that a group and a team can play that still has some structure. And, you know, we want to do something together while still honoring what you do independent within that. That's the really exciting part, I think, about how we construct our teams. Yeah, and uh, to your point, that, that is definitely something that is a byproduct, I think, of the club soccer structure that we have is a lot of it is the same. A lot of the what's being taught is exactly the same across the board. So inevitably, the players that do come through that are all going to be pretty much the same, you know, have the same skill sets mm -hmm. or or weaknesses or, or what have you. So that, that's definitely something that that I, I've seen uh, in my, my short time uh, doing this as well. Uh, but switching over now uh, in the same vein, um, your role at BV United uh, in Burnsville, um, 
you guys go about things in a, I, and what I've seen is a much more community oriented way than some other youth clubs, um, how they go about their business. Um, so in your words, I don't want to, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but in your words, what specifically are you guys doing at BV United to be more community oriented than maybe some of your youth counterparts? I think we know who we are and, and that, um, is, is, why we're so effective serving the people that we serve in the community that we serve because those people believe in the same values that we do for us it's about inclusivity right we want to be able to reach anyone who wants to be able to play so our our price point is going to be significantly lower our access is going to be a lot easier it's about holistic human development so a part of player development is how to become a better person um it, it's about lifelong enjoyment so we want to create a space where you can play and make decisions and do things if you choose at whatever level you choose throughout the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And maybe most important, family balance yeah, is one of our sure. core values, right? Like we're not going to be training seven days a week. We're not going to be going four or five days a week in the winter. That's just not mm -hmm. who we are. We are supporting uh, multi-sport athletes. We support yes. children who want to try other things in other areas of life. We want families to be able to spend time with each other away from uh, the athletic playing fields as they grow up. And, and we want to do all of that at a, at a price point that's, that is less than uh, market expectation. In addition to that, we're going to provide you with really high quality coaching. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's an important piece of it too. So we're going to have, um, you know, passionate, informed coaches who believe in pursuing coach education for their own personal development. And we have a space that I'm going to monitor and oversee. And Jen Larrick, the director of coaching is going to, to oversee so that we're all delivering uh, common language and common themes so that the kids can can progress through our, our pathway seamlessly. I love that multi-sport athlete aspect because I really think that is something in America that could be that could be unique but also an advantage. Like there are something there are some things that certain other sports can give you and make you a better soccer player, whether it's toughness, whether it's balance, whether it's footwork, whether it's certain athletic aspects that you can obtain from other sports and really translate onto the soccer field. So I really like that specific aspect of, of what what you mentioned there. Um, one I mean, there, there, there's arguments, sorry to interrupt. There's arguments that can go either way in regard to that. Like I can understand, Hey, we South American countries, European nation, these players play soccer all the time. And maybe on the side, they throw, you know, basketball around or whatever else. And so their specialization isn't bad per se at youngest ages. We just believe that having exposure to a whole lot of different things in life is also a very good thing. Absolutely. And in a community-based organization who, you know, the pinnacle of our, of our program is not pro player. The pinnacle is not college player. The pinnacle is soccer forever, whatever that looks like for you. Exactly. Keep keep that passion and that that desire to play the game for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so another great thing that you guys do at uh, at BV United is um, you know all of the girls coaches are women. That's fantastic. Um, what's the impact you've seen from the girls programs? What was your inspiration for sort of taking that, taking that stand? And what have you seen, uh, you know, on, on the back end from that in terms of, uh, what it's, what it's done for the girls program specifically? I think it's an important space to be able to, to create a model where young girls can look up and say, that can be me. Mm -hmm. Look at, there's a picture of what it looks like. I can do this. And you're seeing it a lot more now on the professional spectrum and the, and the, and the university systems are being more intentional about hiring uh, women and, and, and persons of color. And I know we're doing a, I'm going to not swear, a, not a great job, right? Mm -hmm. Yet, but at least there's acknowledgement and we're starting to move the needle and be intentional about it. I became real intentional about this 
prior to BB United becoming an entity. So when Burnsville Fire and Valley United were, were, you know, we share the same corridor, the same schools, the same students, and we're both small. I started it then and we really moved into BVU and, and it was like, okay, hundred percent female led uh, girls teams. That was important to me because my wife had, had me read Cheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In. And when I was reading and, and learning about her experience um, at Facebook and some other organizations where she would walk into the boardroom and ask for the restroom and not a single person in the room would know where the women's restroom was because no female had ever had a spot at the boardroom. I just thought that that was shocking. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also, it opened my eyes to say, okay, what am I doing and what are we doing to create a pathway for, to empower young girls to believe that they can go on and do whatever they want to do and don't have to, you know, while there's a man in that position and, you see so many imbalances in power and authority. And I'm not here to say that men can't coach women. We're, that's not what we're here to say. We're not saying that's a bad thing. We don't. We just say our children, our female players are going to be led by women. And that's it. And I think you see the byproduct of it because the feedback we get from the families is especially positive saying, thank you for giving my daughter this opportunity to be led by a strong, badass woman who is doing everything she can to lift up my daughter and and give her a a pathway for a bright future. In addition, the the girls become more and more empowered. And then you start to see more cross-gender interactions. So, you know, in our community-based environment too, we do a lot of open soccer nights where it's cross-gender you know, age specific. So 13 to 17 and cross gender and the kids play together and play well. And our coaches work across genders too in training environments and in shared practices, but our leads are, are gender specific. So uh, we've now moved to, to create a BBU you know, scholar program where we, where we work to basically empower and enlighten young kids to become future coaches mm-hmm. in our organization. So now they have to go through an application and a video application process and there's a pathway where they get accepted they get paired with a mentor coach and they work with that mentor coach for a year then they go do some coach education through that whole process they're also performing and reevaluated there's a lot of self-reflection that goes on and then when they're done at the end of it look at now you're ready to coach a team and you take a team within an organization so we're really kind of growing coaches from within too and i think it's giving especially our female um pool. Uh, there's more, there are a lot more female applicants for a BU scholar program than there are, there are males right now. Absolutely. And it's just another pathway when we talk about ways to, you know, keep the passion and keep that love of the game alive for as long as you can, the soccer forever aspect, right? Creating as mm-hmm. many pathways within soccer as you can is a great way to maximize that. Right. And uh, so that, that coaches uh, scholar program that you have definitely seems like one of the, a great way to do that. Um, so speaking of coaches, moving back to the Augsburg side, nearly all of your assistants do have ties back to Minnesota there, whether it's growing up here locally, high school, college, mm-hmm. semi-pro combination of, of multiple aspects. Um, do you prioritize bringing on assistants who know the area, the state, the player pool, or has it just sort of worked out that way? Uh, I think it's important. Um, but I don't think it's, uh, absolutely necessary. I have had coaches that have come from out of state, you know, one came from Ohio, one came from Chicago area, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they've done fine. Um, but I think that the, having the Minnesota connection is valuable just mm-hmm. because you understand the landscape and in the short window of time that we typically have assistant coaches, which is, you know, like a two year window in our graduate assistant program. And perhaps three years is kind of the, the end point for, okay, it's time to move forward to the next mm-hmm. position, the next opportunity that exists for that particular coach. 
I think having a grounded understanding of what Minnesota soccer landscape looks like is an important thing and having relationships, you know, that are already generated just gives you an advantage. It's hard to create relationships out of thin air and, and Minnesota is Minnesota, you know, like we have this Minnesota nice thing, but it's really Minnesota nice to the guys that I know um, yeah. <laughs> more than it is Minnesota nice to, to everybody that's here. Yeah. Um, he does? Sorry. Yes, he can go. Um, so a pair of those assistants, Jonah Garcia and Samuel Ruiz Plaza have played for Minneapolis City. And, uh, you know, we were actually connected by Matt, you and I, uh, you know, head coach at City. Um, how did you get in contact or start to develop that relationship with them specifically? Was it just bringing on the guys or was there some sort of relationship made with the with the club to, you know, maybe recommend those guys as coming on as assistants? How was that sort of rela relationship with not just Minneapolis City, but I guess the semi-pro lower league level in Minnesota in general? Um, how much has that helped you either, whether it's Augsburg, BV United, combination of both? Kind of what's that what's that relationship evolution like? I I think initially, you know, it's as much a coincidence as anything. Um, you know, Samo was was at Messiah and he was actually doing an internship with his with his uncle in Spain um when he applied for the graduate assistant position. And and I knew Sam well from when he was playing at St. Croix and, and you know, Woodbury so, or East Ridge or wherever he was. And so, you know, everyone recruited Sam well because he's so good. Um <laughs> yeah. and, but at least it was pretty obvious he was going to be gone early. So having the opportunity to bring him back in was something that I knew was going to be really important and valuable. The fact that he was playing for Minneapolis city was purely coincidental. Um, you know, I met with Dan Hodeman at the inception of Minneapolis city, you know, upon the creation of this organization and really kind of as like a friendly advisor, mm -hmm. somebody to bump ideas off of. And I still do Dan and I still probably connect, you know, every couple of months together just to, just to hear, listen to what he's thinking and what the organization's thinking and, and provide some feedback. And maybe he listens, maybe he doesn't, I don't know, but usually I get a drink out of it. So it's, I'm happy to, go. I'm happy to, I'm happy to join. Um, it's, uh, and, and then Jonah, you know, Jonah, I think that, that probably was more in part. So Jonah came back, he played at Superior. I don't remember him to be honest as a player at Superior. And I know he'll just be cringing when he hears me say that. Um, <laughs> I just didn't remember him being a standout or significant player, but mm. I met him formally at Rosemont High School. So Todd, um, Todd was was coaching a, a camp there, and he had Jonah there, and I was there as a guest coach for a couple of days, and that's where I met him. Jonah was just getting started in his coaching career, and then Samuel kept talking about him. And so through kind of men's league, and I think they were playing together for city and then through men's league games, I played with both of them as well. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, okay, this guy can, I mean, his work rate's incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, his commitment to, you know, the team and the group is really, really commendable. Um, and he's a really nice guy. He's just a really good person. And that's, you know, that's kind of a priority in our program. And, and Samuel obviously fits that mode. So just through that conversation, it became something that Samuel would say, you know, I think Jonah's interested in, in becoming an ex-grad assistant potentially when I, when I'm done. Um, and I would say, okay, let's, let's, let's see what happens. So Jonah's, you know, come on as a volunteer assistant and, you know, he's here when he could be here and he's not when he's not, and that's okay. And he's just done a great job getting acclimated to what we're trying to do. And so I think those two guys have been, you know, they've been incredible. I've had a lot of really wonderful help over the years, all the way from, you know, Jonathan Schaefer and Eric Singer and, and Nate Hitch in the early years to so many, so many, wonderful people who have contributed to the development and growth and success of our program. But, you know, more recently, um, those two guys have, have really been at the forefront of it. So 
I'm certainly pleased that they're there. And I think as we look to move forward, you know, our relationship with Minneapolis City is going to increase yeah. uh, naturally just because, you know, Dan and I are some, in some conversations about moving training for City uh, to our campus. You know, obviously the home games are played on our campus right yep. now. Um, and I think now as, as this Futures program gets off, off the ground, you know, some of our young players are participating in it, and it's going to be a space for us to, you know, get our eyes on on potential future Augsburg players too. Jonah was actually the very first guest we had on the podcast, so I'll have to I'll have to text him and let him know that you said you don't remember him from <laughs> Superior. See what he says. Um, but anyways, you had mentioned the futures program. Um, you know, obviously just launched this past fall. Um, you had mentioned that you have a couple players who are involved. Um, you know, ha- what effects have you seen early on, or what kind of impact have you seen a play early on to the boys' side of the United? Well, none uh, in our club because I, I just don't think the nature of our club is is that of a player who's going to get up to that level. So it's a it's a community based club, and, and perhaps down the road we have a few that can get there. In fact, one actually was invited um, to come in, and he and he just had other he was doing other things. Imagine this: he was playing ultimate frisbee, right, and other other <laughs> commitments outside of just <laughs> soccer. So I think that just really reflects yep. kind of you know the values of the club, and so it. Mm-hmm. Is it a possibility? Absolutely. Do we have players that are capable? Sure. And I think down the road, there probably will be some. Um, but right now at its inception, you know, we're just not in that, we're not in that place. Um, so for me, you know, the Minneapolis City Futures thing is a really cool thing to watch for, for Augsburg players or for prospective Augsburg players. I think more important than it is for the BBU side of things. Got it. Um, so wrapping things up here, uh, going back to Augsburg now, kind of flipping back and forth, but uh, you're in the middle of an abbreviated MIAC schedule right now. What's it been like for you to be back on the sidelines for actual games? But more importantly, what's mm. it been like for the players to get back out and compete after 15, 16 months away? It's it's just so fun. I mean, I when we finally got back out and we we played St. Thomas in a friendly at, you know, at the Savage Dome like uh, about a week ago, I feel like a week ago today maybe, I I couldn't sleep that night. And I asked the guys, we trained the next morning at 6.30, did a recovery session. I got in, I'm like, did anybody sleep? And they're all like, no, no way. <laughs> you know, it's just just the fact that you got to be out there and compete. It was 508 days from when we last competed to being able to play in this That's game. Cool. And even though it's an exhibition match and there's one referee and is he offside, is he onside? Like, is that a five? Who cares? We just were so happy to be able to play somebody else. Yeah and measure our progress and growth against another opponent. And then, you know, we were able to do it again on Sunday against St. Olaf and we have Gustavus coming on Friday. So it's like, now we're starting to get into the rhythm a little bit and it feels, you know, it's like a, an abbreviated season for sure, but it feels real. Um, even though most of our games are exhibition games, just because we have a small roster right now. So, you know, we want to protect players and not have, you know, the substitution rules hamper our ability to, to keep them safe as they, as they start to get match fit and get going. So how does your process change from a recruiting or from just a just a, just an overall process standpoint, being that you're playing this abbreviated spring season now, but then you're going to, you know, if all goes well, fingers crossed, you have your regular season again coming up in the fall, obviously a much shorter layoff after a much longer layoff. How does that affect your process as a coach and a recruiter? I, I think as a coach, it's been amazing. I, I've, I will say that this COVID for me has been beneficial because we've been able to like imprint structure and what we want to do and really firmly shape our culture with a very young team. We are very young, Mm -hmm. you know, our players are all in their first or second year. And so to have that kind of time to train together and to just understand and establish what we want to do and who we want to be and how we want to do it 
has been really beneficial. And as we look to move to the fall now, like this is really a developmental phase too. So, you know, results for us are just, they're not important. We want to win. We try to win for sure. But we, but in the end, I'm not judging our development and growth on that. We're judging based on, are we getting better? Are we doing the things that we're training on and, and you know, and planting that in the game? Is it coming out? Um, so, and, and using young players a lot, you know, saying, oh, if we played five, five freshmen, we start th- three of them and one went on, you know, three minutes in and played the whole game. So we had four of them out there the whole time. These are guys that probably wouldn't get that chance had they had it been fall of 2020. They would have had to wait a little bit more and do just figure. So I think it's been real beneficial on that. And in regard to our recruiting, I think that the I feel bad for the, you know, the students that are in the class of 2021 because it's a tough year for, mm-hmm. for any player to get recruited in just because everyone's roster, not everyone, but for the most part, rosters are holding, you know, players are going to finish out that final year of of their eligibility and scholarship institutions have the funds and are able to do what they're going to do for that one year cycle. So Mm -hmm. it's a really tough deal for that group. Now, fortunately for us, you know, we turned over a lot. So, you know, in our, we started with 32 players in, in September and we're at, you know, 21 right now. Um, and that's an important place for us to be. So I think we have, you know, we have six guys who have already made commitments and we have three players that will return to us that either deferred due to COVID um, and just spending your working or whatever, or uh, have been away. So, you know, we'll have a roster of around 30 again, which is, is a number we like um, and allows us to, to do all the things that we want to do in our training environment. So I, I, even though it'll be a short turnaround, I wonder too, uh, maybe the guys will, you know, the typical college player, give them the summer fitness program and mm-hmm. may, maybe I start August 1st, you know, and I, <laughs> I think now with, the, with these guys leaving, you know, a traditional season, there's really no reason to, they don't need a rest right now. Yeah. So they should be able to train and maintain that throughout the course of the summer and come into the fall. Um, and we'll rest in December, you know, if, if things go well. Good, good. Um, so what does 2021 have in store for BV United? Obviously 2020, kind of fat, you know, a lot of things, uh, a lot of things, uh, were out the window in 2020. Um, so are we anticipating as things, hopefully again, fingers crossed, get back to normal that you'll have a somewhat normal summer schedule, uh, with tournaments and, and everything <clears throat> you normally go through in a given year. I think so. We're planning on it. I, I really believe so. I think we're so close to being, um, you know, maskless and outdoor competitions too. I think we're, we're, we're not far away from that. We have to get over this little surge that's happening right now and pump some more arms with some vaccines. But mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, we're planning on hosting our events as we normally do the, you know, January, uh, what is it? June 23rd to 25th, our BBU cup where we're, we're planning on moving everything on as normal and as is right now. And I know the kids are super excited and, and you know what? The parents are probably just as excited to get yep. their kids out of the house out <laughs> doing something else. Uh, in that space. So I think we're all, we're all pretty pleased with where we're at and and what it looks like, what the forecast is. So I anticipate as close to normal year as we can, as we've had. So if I'm a parent interested in getting my kid involved with BVU, you know, you know, where would I go? How would I go about getting in contact? What's that process like? Yeah, I think if you just go to bvunited.org, you'll be able to find all the information that you want. They'll, you know, they'll talk quite a bit about who we are and what our values are. And then we'll get into, you know, what some of our programming looks like and who the staff are. And, and certainly I'm available to, to help answer questions at any time. So you can always just send me a, an email at director at bvunited.org. I'm happy to, to provide feedback and respond in that way the best I can. And um, if it's the right place for you, it's the right place for you. If it's not, it's not, it's, that's okay. You know, we're, we're not an organization that's looking to reach, you know, really outside of our geographical area. So 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're in the north side of the Twin Cities, stay in the north side of the Twin Cities. If you're in the south side of the Twin Cities, we're an option for you. Fantastic. All right, Greg Holker, head boys soccer coach at Augsburg University and the executive director at BV United in Burnsville. Thank you so much for taking the time. This is a great conversation. I look forward to doing it again soon. Thanks for thanks for having me and thanks for putting up with one of these one of these kids that popped in and out throughout the show. That's all right. Keeps me on my toes. I, I told you I was going to keep you on your toes. Turns out it was the other way around. So. Yeah. all right all right jeremy that interview on 10,000 pitches was presented by our friends at pod mn i want you to go to your apple app store or your google play store whatever kind of phone you have and type in pod mn p-o-d-m-n hit that download button then when you go there i want you to search for minnesota soccer you will find that in that drop down you have all your favorite Minnesota soccer podcasts right there in one place. I'm looking right now. We have Sound of the Loons, Crafty Rogues, Equal Time Soccer. Uh, we call it soccer. The Minnesota Soccer Podcast, 55-1, the Daves I Know, all right there. One-stop shopping for all your favorite Minnesota soccer podcasts. And also, I got to admit, 10,000 Pitches is on there too. And it's more than just soccer. It's more than just sports. They have Vikings, Twins, Gophers, Timberwolves podcasts. They have local true crime story podcasts, local news podcasts, local entertainment podcasts from Minnesota creators, Minnesota podcasters, all in one app. And I haven't even gotten to the best part yet. The best part is that you can actually win prizes just for listening to podcasts. Go to your Apple App Store or Google Play Store, download PodMN, and go to PodMN.com to learn more. Thanks again so much to uh, Augsburg head coach and BV United executive director, Greg Holker, for taking the time to jump on the show. Also, thanks to Adi and Vincent from Valora FC for uh, taking some time to chat with us this week as well. Back here with Ethan, and it is time for everyone's favorite segment, Nice Reviews. Ethan, what you got for us this week? All right. Uh, This week, coming from Coach Steve. Uh, This one caught my eye because it's got an emoji in this subject. It's got the uh, kind of the making a three emoji, like as if somebody just hit a three in a basketball game. Um, I like that. So I'll paraphrase here. Uh, One of the select few I go for the MN soccer content you crave. Keep up the good work, Jeremy. Um, I'm assuming he meant to toss in an Ethan at the end there, but you know, we won't, we won't dive too deep into that either way. Thank you, Steve B actually coach Steve B really appreciate it. Coach Steve. I, I, I love Coach Steve. He uh, has done some work at uh, E Pluribus Lunum, uh, writing about some Minnesota United, uh, doing some Minnesota United content for them. Uh, great friend of the podcast. Unfortunately, he's not on Twitter anymore. So uh, that kind of sucks. So, Steve, if you're listening, please come back to Twitter so we can interact. That'd be great. Or or find me somewhere else and text me your number so that way we can we can still chat about soccer because it was good times when you were on the Twitter, but now you're not there anymore. And I feel like there's like a void in my life. So, Coach Steve, come back, please. Anyways, Could it be a different Coach Steve? I, his last name starts with a B, so it has to be. There's a very, very good chance. I would put it's a it's enough of a chance where I am willing to t- call him out, not call him out, but mention him specifically on the podcast. So, all right. Yeah, Coach Steve B, thank you for the nice review. Once again, if you want to be featured, a lot of stars, a little bit of words uh, is what we go for. Also, emojis. I don't see a lot of those. Yeah, we we welcome emojis. 
That's I'm all sure. in. Uh, so thank you, Coach Steve, and thank you everyone who's reviewed. And if you want to leave a review, uh, podcast.apple.com or the Apple Podcast app. Boom. All right, uh, Ethan, before we go, uh, why don't you talk a little bit about shopspamfc.com? That's right, shopspamfc.com. Uh, SpamFC, um, you've heard about them uh, plenty of times. They've been on the pod plenty of times. Um, and, uh, you know, they're Great getting guys. Into Good guys. Good guys. Good guys and girls over at SpamFC. Um, they're just featured on the news. That was pretty cool. Um, they're doing great. And that, and you know, they're featured for one of the great things they do and they do a lot more than that. So if you want to keep supporting them and keep supporting, uh, you know, what they're doing, head over to shop spam Great work. All right, Ethan, thank you. Uh, not only for co-hosting today, but all the great work that you've done over the last few weeks during my absence. I really do appreciate it. Uh, thank you listeners for listening, not only this week, but uh, every week. We really do appreciate it. Thanks to Spam FC. Thank you to Bateau FC. Thank you to Greg Holker, Augsburg uh, men's soccer coach and e, the executive director of BB United. And also to Adi Balani and Vincent Knox at Flora FC. We will talk to you next week until then have a great weekend and uh stay safe get your covid vaccine and hopefully we can all meet uh, in person sooner rather than later thank you very much guys have a good one thanks for tuning in this week bye